Hey, you guys, this is SWFL Talk, because I am sure someone will freaking listen. I am your host, Brody Mays, and with me is my co-host, Nisi Green. And today's episode is called Filtered Lives, where we discuss Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff, where people filter their lives. They let you see what they want you to see. We basically see in social media today, um, our friends, people that we know, living their best life through social media and strictly social media because nobody can be that freaking happy. So yeah, I call it uh, the new way of keeping up with the Joneses or in better words, keeping up with the Kardashians from your living room or your bedroom at home. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go outside and compete with your neighbor to show who's got the biggest boat. You just take a picture and let everybody assume that you just bought a new boat or a new car or a new house. But uh, you and I had talked, I believe last week (coughs) in, um, in trying to get this episode together, you know, because I know that we both, feel some kind of way in regards to some of the people that we know on social media and how they filter their posts to basically lead you to, I guess, for them to have a different perception of you. And I can tell you the truth. I mean, I used to be one of them. I used to be, I'm not going to sit here and lie and pretend that um, I wasn't addicted to my Facebook account, that I wasn't addicted to Twitter or Instagram. And you know, in the beginning, I did it strictly for business purposes because, you know, I basically ran my own um, acting school um, in Deep Ellum. And some of the students that I would have, you know, we would teach them, they would come in, they pay a fee, and we would teach them about cold reading because cold reading is what you have to do in order to get a job at the end of the day. So we basically train them on how to cold read, give them a monologue and a commercial to learn so that way they can you know, present themselves in front of uh, a local talent agent in hopes to get signed. So I've noticed with some of my students after they gotten signed and they started booking a couple of jobs here and there, you know, which I've always been very supportive in that. And I've met a lot of actors across the way that, you know, I still hope for the best for them, but I can't help but to get a little annoyed with some of them and how they filter their lives in a way, these actor friends, because as you know, I've grown up in show business since I was a kid. Uh, I've met a lot of actors, uh, a lot of amateurs, and I call them amateurs in the sense of uh, the ones that you see on Facebook. They may get anywhere from 100 to 200 likes. And, you know, somehow that's self-gratifying for them. You know, I feel like it's this new narcissist way to boost up your ego. Uh, Mm -hmm. We had this, yeah, we had this one guy that was in our film that we did a couple, uh, not a couple. Oh my God. I cannot believe it's been this long, but we're talking about six, maybe eight years ago. I know you remember that film. It was called Clayton and Claudia. It's been that long. Yeah. yeah. So I had an independent film that I actually uh, self-produced, self-published, uh, You can actually buy it on DVD. Uh, If it's still in print, I don't know. But um, nonetheless, we had a character in there. I think, uh, well, I'll just call him John. 
John was this actor. He was uh, not a lot of people liked him on the set. A lot of people knew him outside of the film, even before we started filming. And a lot of people had commented on his narcissist behavior. Uh, he's a guy from Arkansas who, you know, travels to Texas for auditions or, you know, local work because there's not any in Arkansas. But he does do a lot of um I don't want to say, well, it's a, it's publication, but not his publication. It's someone else's. It's basically a, uh, not to put, not to put it down, but basically a nothing magazine in a small podunk town. And he's always the male shirtless model or whatever, you know, it's all about John Deere and farming and all that, that bullshit. So, um, he's always posting, posting pictures of him. And even when we started doing the film, he would make posts, oh, working with a great director, Brody Mays, and, um, you know, he would tag me in the photo, but it would always be a photo that was just him, and it wouldn't even be a photo that was in reference to the movie. I mean, this is what we're dealing with here, and it got to the point that we had a lady come uh, to the studio where we were filming, and she uh, was taking pictures for our, um, for our IMDb page. And he was constantly like just up her ass showing her all the magazines. And these are like nothing magazines, you know, like the little free magazines that you pick up, you know, welcome to Arkansas or welcome to Texas, those types of magazines. Uh, the little rock times, I don't know, but um, I had another guy, his name was uh, we'll call him uh, Mason. He did a film um with us and or actually he did a film uh right after our project with somebody else and it got a lot of hype he got his first paycheck from his first gig i was really proud of him but then i noticed a shift when it came to his post because i wasn't talking to him regularly because i used to teach him and then you know he was kind of off doing his own thing which i was very supportive but there was this 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 ego that started building and i'm like he is not the nice cute little mason kid that i met you know a couple years back he's now this narcissist ego driven social media crazed fool and also this other lady i'll call her um i'm gonna call her peggy <laughs> she uh peggy is over over 40 i think now she's probably 50 if not 51 or 52 but at the time she was in her 40s trying to pursue a music career and peggy had real estate she was married to a ball player she, <laughs> she had about six houses in between desoto and cedar hill that she rented out she had a salon um she's the one i told you about the mercedes um Oh, yeah. 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 The, the, the hoopty. Yeah. Um, still trying to hold on to that lifestyle. But I can tell you between her and the two guys that I just mentioned, every time I would see them post anything, it was all about projects that they were doing, which, you know, as any kind of entertainer, that's what you do. Right. But this was beyond that. Everything was about them. You know, nothing was about anybody else. And, I, and, and, and you know, and, and, and no disrespect to actual A-list celebrities and movie stars. You can't answer all those comments. 
but these are people that have maybe like 15, 20 comments, you know, Oh, you look so good. Oh, you're so pretty, you know, and they won't even say thank you. They just hit like, as if they are above that as if, you know, um, and Peggy was the one that I told you, I mean, Peggy's always holding herself in, in high regards and, you know, she, um, she would be in LA and, and mind you the verbiage in her social media would say something like cutting an album here in one of LA's top recording studios. She didn't tell you that she paid for that time to be in that studio. to record. <laughs> but it was all about the hype and to make it seem like somebody was paying an interest in her and her career. And I would mm -hmm. read the comments. And so I, was going to do this documentary called uh, Texas T, which stood for Texas Hidden Talent. And it was going to be about all these talents that have come through and they're so good. They're so talented. And, you know, I wanted to really hear their struggle. You know what I mean? But in the documentary, when we actually filmed it, they wouldn't talk about how they were really living. Wow. Peggy, Peggy wasn't going to tell you that she had to foreclose and file bankruptcy on her properties. She didn't tell you that she sold a couple of them and already went through all that money. She wasn't going to tell you that she was sleeping in her mom's house in a guest room and that she had a salon in Duncanville that she crashed in when she couldn't take the heat from her mother over 40 something years old. Here's the thing. She was very talented with hair. I'm like, you know, I feel like at a certain age, it's just time to give up the dream, you know, like maybe not give it up, but don't false advertise yourself. You know, uh, I mean, the, the way it was presented online was if, you know, between her and the two guys, it was as if they made a living as an actor. And I can tell you anybody that's living in the Dallas Metroplex as an actor, that is not your full time job. But that's what, right. But that's what they lead you to believe that they are doing this full time. They're making a living being an entertainer and they're not. And it just it, it just and, you know, it just gets to the point to where when is it enough? You know, and even when it comes to, you know, um, uh, political post, you know, just the irony of, you know, you put it out there, you know, you 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 better be ready to take it at full force, you know, you better be able to take the dislikes, the, the comments that come in. And, you know, I don't really think about, I, I really don't think people think about the consequences and, you know, even going back to some other narcissist behavior, but, you know, they had the, you know, we're, we're, we're not just talking about just filtered lives here, but how does that trigger the other person? How does that make the other person feel on the other side of the screen looking at this post? You know what I mean? You know, everybody's yeah. in such competition. And, and that also goes back to, you know, when you, when you talk about the negative of social media, when you talk about filtering your life and, and making it look like it's pretty pink, you know, um, the Chris and uh, Shanann Watts case, you know, Shanann Watts posted her life on a daily and, yeah. and everybody knows that case of the Chris and Shanann Watts, um, you know, he killed his wife and his two kids and his unborn baby. And, um, I think that was a man that was, you know, outside of the social media, it was not a blissful marriage that she painted it out to be, 
And of course, a lot of what she did on there was marketing, you know, to show how great her pro she was a salesperson. But at the same time, I did feel like some of it kind of was business, but also trying to one up another friend, you know, another friend that I have within my community, another friend that I have at work that's trying to upsell me. You know, everything was always about Shannon. Everything was, you know, about her. And, you know, I, I mean, I have to say anyone that knows the case, I mean, I think she drove him to insanity. And I mean, it's a little off topic, but my point is, is that, you know, you know, life isn't a bed of roses, not for me, not for you, not for anyone. And it's like, why are we, you know, I, I like, I like reading posts that are positive, but I can't stand the narcissist ones, you know, when it comes to the selfies. And I clearly know you used a filter on that selfie, you know, um, it, it's the behaviors that I can't stand, you know, and, you know, just like, like I told you with these actors that I've worked with, it, it's, it's just, you know, when is it enough? You know, because as you know, I've gotten rid of my social media accounts. You know, I mean, we do have our SWFL Talk Twitter and Instagram, which you can find us at SWFL Talk. We do have that, but we don't really get much more involved in that than advertising an episode and so forth, you know, and, and maybe posting an opinion or something that's going to be on a later topic. You know, that's as far as I go with social media is what we got going on. But I had to turn it off. I mean, in all respect, it does start to play mental games with you because you start thinking, oh, well, I haven't hit like on one of their posts in a while. So I'll hit like it's almost like you're bartering for likes. You know, I'll give you a like if you give me a like that kind of thing, you know, or share my post. I mean, how many times have you walked in a restaurant and it's a couple and they're not even conversing. They're on their phones, hmm. taking pictures of their food, uh, basically sending out on social media their location, where they're eating, what they're doing. I mean, it's, 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 it's absurd. And I just wanted to see if you could shed any light on this for me. Well, you know what, Brody? Um, I mean, just going back to something, because I agree with so much about what you just said. Um, I want to make sure. Can you hear me? You know, I have. Yeah, I can hear difficulty. you. <laughs> yeah, we can. Hear okay, you. okay, oh, okay, awesome. So, um, you had said that the am I pronouncing her name right, Shanann? Yeah, Shanann. So you had said that the whole Chris Watts situation was, you know, you said maybe I'm going off topic, but I disagree. I think that the Chris and Shanann Watts situation, which is a documentary on Netflix, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember the title, but you can probably just type in their name on the search and it'll come up. It's called American something. Yeah, or you can like Google it. But yeah, I think that the whole uh, Chris and Shanann Watts situation, I actually believe that that, that, that is right on topic. Um, because, you know, to your point about narcissism, Shanann had this way of making sure that her life looked like oh here's everything that I've been through and here's how it just turned out so perfectly and I have the perfect man and we have the perfect children and they have the perfect uh, uh, grandparents and I have the perfect in-laws and you know I have the perfect job and in the perfect house and 
everything about my life is just so good. And, oh, I just love my husband and I just love. And when you look at all of that, but then on the flip side, on the dark side, you know, there's the documentary and there's the dark and the ugly truth about what was really happening in their life. And to me, that's right on point with filtered lives, you know, because that's really what it's all about. Like, okay, my experience, you know, I had a friend who had this habit of putting so much of herself on social media, you know, specifically on Facebook. And it was always, this person is the love of my life. And I don't, you know, for everyone, if you feel like you have something to share and, you know, you're happy in that moment and you just want to share it, I'm not talking about that. I am referring specifically or, and and not to speak for you, but I feel like you and I are on the same page here. What Brody and I are referring to specifically is that you have someone who is purposefully only putting the best things that happen to them, the best things about their situation forward. And they are trying to front as if this is all there is to my life. You know, it's like, we don't see the fight. You know what I mean? We don't see you and your husband going back and forth and fighting and struggling and crying through, say, for example, his, you know, uh, uh, addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, all we see is this selfie of you all at dinner or at a Dallas Cowboys game. And it's like, I'm here with the love of my life. And then the next thing you know, you're split up and it's like, please respect my privacy at this time. Well, we didn't really ask to be in your business. You put us in your business because you wanted to show off and you wanted to brag to the world that you were perfect. You know what I mean? A really good example of this, and and I also thought about this as you were talking, is uh, Bow Wow, the rapper. Mm Mm-hmm. He was embarrassed on, I believe, Instagram, if, if I recall that correctly, but it was definitely social media. But anyway, he posted a stock photo of a private jet, you know, and, and tried to brag that he was on a trip going somewhere. And then there was someone on a regular plane at a regular airport sitting behind him that just so happened to see his post. And then they took a picture of him, you know, from behind him and said, hey, Bow Wow just posted a stock photo of a private jet, but he's right behind me in coach. (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot all about that story. I forgot all about that story. It was embarrassing because... You know, to all of us regular people out here that are just out here, you know, working regular jobs and just feel, you know, and and speaking for myself, I just feel blessed to be able to afford a trip anywhere. I don't have to be on a private jet. I'm happy to be able to afford just a regular, you know, flight. You know what I mean? And and, and, and be able to say that, you know, I'm, I'm going somewhere and 
but he was so busy trying to uh, high side and trying to show off and brag that he's so famous and he's so rich and so, you know, again, perfect. Oh, on a private jet, you know, this is how, you know, this is just another day in my life. And somebody else was like, that's not just another day in your life. You're, you're, you're putting up a front. You are literally on this, you know, regular coach or whatever you call it, you know, flight with me. So just say that, you know, and that's my whole thing. It's like when people feel like it's necessary to me, it is the reality TV effect and you or any of our listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, it is the reality TV effect of let me put it out here that my life is so much more wonderful than it actually is. And what bothers me about that is to your point, Brody, there are folks on the other end (coughs) who are going to believe you, but you're not telling the truth or you're not telling the whole story. Hey, look, this is me and my family at SeaWorld or wherever it it might be. This is me and my family and we're happy and we love each other and we're having a good time. But you know what? Sometimes we fight. Sometimes money gets short. Sometimes uh, somebody gets sick. Sometimes we don't know what we're going to do. So post that. Post that sometimes and remind the rest of us that life is hard sometimes. That, that remind us that real things happen to everybody. And I'm not trying to tell anybody how to, I'm not here trying to, to, to instruct or control how anybody handles their social media. What I'm just saying is that uh, generally speaking, I have deep concerns about the, the, the opportunity and the avenue that social media offers that lets people only put the best stuff out there. And then we turn around and we compete with each other. Oh, well, you were at this, uh, you know, famous club standing next to this celebrity and you posted that. Okay, well, let me one up you. But what if you don't really have the resources to be able to do that? Now you're trying to keep up with somebody who's not even telling you the whole truth. Yeah. And as far as you know, you think it is. I remember one time in particular, it's funny because you had mentioned about your friend. Uh, I had a similar situation uh, at an old retail department store that I used to work at. Um, And they were a young couple. Um, I think she was older than him. He was 21. She was 23. Very young couple. Uh, (laughs) They were married. But they were always going out of town. They didn't have a lot of money or anything, but they were always going somewhere. They seemed very happy. You know, they were always doing something. And when I say they were doing something, going somewhere, it it could be because, you know, in Dallas, uh, for those that aren't familiar with Texas, um, Dallas is kind of in the, uh, the northwest of the state. But then, you know, you have places like San Antonio, Corpus Christi, Houston, Galveston that are anywhere from four to six hours away. So, you know, they would always take trips like that where they would go out of town to San Antonio, Houston, Galveston, wherever. Right. And they were always posed. I mean, they always seemed like they were having such a good time. And I believe they were at the time. But, you know, he was 21 
and she was 23. Um, I mean, not the most attractive couple, but I did remember kind of listening one day because, um, you know, they had messaged me or not messaged me, but sent me a, um, a friend request and I accepted it. Uh, but I was doing something because, you know, I was in visual merchandising. I was doing something like doing a display or something. And she was at the register with another coworker and they were talking about their men, you know, she's talking about, you know, she goes, Oh, well, his check goes directly into my account. I budget the funds and everything. So think about how that would make someone that was 21 years old. You have a wife and she's controlling the funds, your funds. You know what I mean? And maybe he is bad with money, but I think it was probably a little irresponsible to get married that early. You know what I mean? And you know, I do know that a lot of older couples do it, and I'm kind of rambling off subject, but I, I do believe that that was a motivator of why he got out of the relationship. I think he cheated on her. I don't know hmm. to the extent, like if he slept with this girl or if it was just an interest of his, because he just didn't seem like the type. But, you know, you just don't know these days. But mm-hmm. um, needless to say... I was off Facebook. I hadn't worked at that department store in like at least a couple years, but I had gone off of Facebook for about a year. When I got back on it, um, I don't want to say her name. We'll call her Tiffany. Tiffany was on there (laughs) and she made a post about, you know, trying to get herself out of this funk, out of this rut that she's in, you know, feeling depressed. Ever since I've known Tiffany, I was like, she's always been on the up and up. And this was the first post I had seen of hers since a year uh, of being on Facebook. So when I saw the post, I went to her page to read because I was like, and then I went to her husband or now her ex-husband went to his page to put two and two together. But yeah, they did break up. And he seems like he's moved on and, and, you know, she's still fighting old demons and, you know, and I, and I say all of that to say this is that I wrote her a long message and I felt compelled to do it because I used to post pictures of me and my ex, you know, all the time, you know, cause we lived together. I mean, uh, we met, um, no sooner than we met, we were living together. So for eight years, we, we had, from the day we met, we had not been apart, um, uh, generally speaking. So I remember posting stuff that I was doing, you know, cause I was kind of at the hype with my business and everything that I was doing, taking on film projects, posting about our relationship, posting where we were going, what we were doing, who we were seeing. I mean, posting all of this. And, you know, I wrote her this long, long message. I felt very compelled to do it because I remember when we broke up, it was during the summer because I realized they had passed gay marriage and I gave him an ultimatum. He didn't want to marry me. So we broke up. And eventually I shed some light on it when I was ready on Facebook that we did break up because we kind of kept it a secret for a while. We were trying to figure out what we were going to do about the lease, if he was going to take it over or or if I was going to stay. But when I did move out and I moved in with my mom, the holidays were around the corner, you know, and by the time we got everything situated, I think I moved in with her like August or September-ish, and it was really hard going into, you know, October, um, 
going into November for Thanksgiving and uh, even Christmas. You know, it was it was rough. It was rough going on social media and then seeing everybody's post. You know, years it was like a middle finger just saying "f you." You know what I mean? It really felt like somebody was jiving nails in my back. You know, like just basically mm-hmm. hammering them into my back. I mean, it just it hurt. You know, um, and I wrote her that I wrote her everything that I just told you, you know, like how badly it hurt that first year getting through the holiday, you know, um, and, and I did tell her, you know, I said, <laughs> and, and this is going to sound pretty direct, but I mean, it does work. I said, the best way to get over somebody is to get up under somebody else. <laughs> Nisi? All right. Nisi. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Nisi. Yeah, Hello, can I you can hear, hear me? You. Okay. I don't know what happened. Um, me neither. I'm sorry. But yeah, I uh, felt compelled to write her, and I, I everything that I just said, I, I I sent to her, hoping that would make her feel better. And she actually said that made a big difference. So I mean, it can work in positive ways, but I think when I saw that. You know, I, I don't think I was in the right place in my mind to think that, you know, you're just seeing a facade. You're just seeing a moment in these people's in these people's lives where they got together and were forced to look happy for a photo op, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But kind of going back to your point, but that's how I felt, you know, I felt that it was a lot of pressure, not Oh, I don't know. I, I really didn't post anything that, that Thanksgiving or that Christmas. It was just, it was too hard. I think I just sent out a general happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. You know what I mean? It was, it was very hard to, to get through that holiday and not have something to post, you know? And, you know, eventually I realized that this is sick. You know, I, fi- I found myself, you know, always in competition. And, you know, I got to a point to where I just turned everything off. I turned it off for the last time. It's been almost a year or I would say half a year now, half a year that I have been off of social media completely. Because, you know, I had been kind of on back on uh, again and off again. And I can tell you, I, I felt a lot of uh, I felt a lot of relief like there was this weight off of mm-hmm. my shoulders and I challenge everybody take a week, just take a week. Do not check any social media and just see how much better you feel. You know how like they have the ice mm. bucket challenge that went viral and all of that. Well, do the same thing. Make a, make, you know, a post for the last time and say, I am going to take on the no social media challenge for one week. I hope someone uh, freaking listens because I want this to happen. I want people to start doing this. I'm uh, MIA from uh, Facebook. I'm MIA from Twitter. I'm MIA from Instagram for an entire week. You know, and, it, and it's funny because even us putting this show together, you know, like uh, all the social media that we do. I mean, we do very little compared to some. I mean, some are like literally posting five or six posts a day, I can barely get one done. So I don't, I don't know how they do it. (laughs) I don't know how they do it. 
Well, you know what, sweetheart? Um, something that comes to my mind that is so <laughs> ironic. Remember how we met? Yeah, well, something positive did come out of social media. We met. We actually met on MySpace. Good old MySpace. <laughs> and I think it's so funny. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to share this real quickly and because... I believe Hello, you're breaking that up. it ties in. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? All right. Um, I believe that it ties in because, and you will remember this, we met on MySpace and I just, on a total whim, a total whim, I accepted your friend request. And then I, you know, saw your page and I saw your pictures and these were all of your, you know, modeling pictures. And yeah, from New York. I was like, man, you know. Are you there? Yeah. And I was like, can you hear Lisa? me now? Yeah. You said you just you saw all my modeling pictures. Nisi. Yeah. Can you hear me? We're having a bit of technical difficulty here. I'm sorry, you guys. Yeah. Is that better? Okay. So anyway, uh, your photos were so amazing and you were so gorgeous. And I remember thinking to myself, there's no way he actually looks like this. Um, and then I actually met you. And I mean, I just, I had a cow. I was like, wow, you're, you're gorgeous. Like you look just like your pictures. And um, the only reason I feel like that ties into what we're talking about. Generally speaking, people have a tendency, especially now with Instagram and it's not even just Instagram anymore. It's so many ways to, you know, filter yourself. People have a tendency to just filter themselves and put themselves out there in their best light, and I am also very guilty of this, but not only in the actual photo itself, but just in the actual, as you talk about your life and as you share, you know, things that are happening, everything is always in the quote unquote best light. You know, everything is always filtered. So you filter the actual, whether it's the situation that you're in, um, the place that you're in, you know, what's actually going on in your life, people have a tendency to just filter themselves and put that best face forward, almost as if they are showing off for someone. And, you know, just speaking for me, because I, I do still interact on social media, but I do not share even if you were to go back uh, six or eight or, you know, nine months ago, I don't share nearly as much about myself and my life as I used to. Um, I just kind of keep it to, oh, well, here's something funny. You know, let me share this or oh, this is the meal that I'm eating right now. And I pretty much just kind of keep it to that unless it's some you know, big occasion like a, a wedding or a baby shower or something. But 
I, I no longer personally feel that it's necessary to, when something positive happens in my life, I no longer find it necessary to like share that with the world. Um, I don't mean to get off subject. I just well, you know, kinda... that's kind of like even with me when after my eight years ended, I hopped into a relationship after relationship after relationship to the point where I'm even posting pictures of me and the guy I was currently with. And at, at the time, I believed everything I was saying, you know, which was, oh, I found him. I found the one. This is him. Um, but that wasn't the case. And, and so it kind of almost it's, it's kind of like when you get someone, you know, that myth where you get someone's name tattooed on you. <laughs> so it's almost destined for uh, it's almost destined to be doomed, you know. Uh, that that's kind mm-hmm. of the same situation. I want to go back to that uh, MySpace thing because you were like, you said, oh, he looked just like his pictures. And I remember we had met at the Barnes and Noble over there. And uh, what was it off of 635? Yeah. It was late <laughs> at night. I think it was like eight or nine, but they had closed. And I was on the phone with a guy that I was currently talking to who I really liked. And so, but I wasn't sure if he was really feeling me and I'm not even sure. I think he might've been one that I met online and we were about to meet or something like that. But I felt like he was losing interest because I, Oh, that's what it was. I, cause I had not met him yet. I had just got back from New York, but I had been talking to him since I was in New York and so when I got in the car with you, you're like, oh, my God, you're so cool. I, I, I held the receiver to, 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 to your mouth so he could hear how gorgeous I was. Be like, uh-huh, you're going to lose this. You're going to lose this. You better, you better keep interested. You better keep interested. So, yeah, I thought that was really funny. I kind of used you in a way that night. I was like, yeah, say all that in here. Say all that in here. Right here. Right here, Nisi. Right here. Right here. <laughs> I remember that like it was yesterday. I pulled up. You were standing outside of the Barnes and Noble. We had agreed, you know, that we both loved uh, Barnes and Noble because, you know, newsflash to all of our listeners, we're nerds. And but we had got the time messed up and they were closed. So you were standing outside and we had like texted each other or something to be like, well, we'll just go somewhere else. I'll just pick you up. And I pulled up and I remember just saying, you're gorgeous. Oh my God. You're so gorgeous. You look just like your pictures. And I was like, why is he in my mind? I was like, why is he holding his phone like that? And then later that night, after we had found a bar to go to, cause we were just meeting each other in person for the first time. So after we had found a bar to go to, to kind of, you know, get to know each other, you kind of laughed it off and you were like, well, there was a guy on the phone and I wanted to hear what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just kind of bringing that back to our subject of filtered lives, really, this is kind of reminding me of why I brought all of that up. Even way back then, because uh, for our listeners, uh, Brody and I have been best friends for 16 years now. And so, um, you know, even 16 years ago, I had already become jaded to the the tendency of people to uh, lie on social media and even if it was a lie by omission even if it was well i looked like this five years ago you know like you're still not showing your true self and 
that's my whole thing is like folks get on Instagram, folks get on Twitter, they get on Facebook and they they make themselves and they make their lives look like they are so much more and so different than what they actually are. And then as a sort of a domino effect that bleeds over into other folks who are now looking at you because people are sheep and then they feed into that and they say, Oh, well, if their life is that wonderful all the time, then maybe mine is supposed to be that wonderful all the time too. And so now you have people lying to one another or, you know, uh, uh, in competition with one another and trying to be just, okay, so here's the thing. I know someone that used to post on Facebook so much to the point where they would even have to end their post with negative comments or be deleted. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, someone, someone else. <laughs> but it's almost like, to me, what I'm thinking is, I didn't ask to be brought into this. And now you're telling me that if my opinion doesn't align with your opinion of it, you don't want to hear it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if you don't care what I think, don't post this, you know, just what happened to just living? What happened to just having a life? I mean, think back before MySpace. I mean, if, if it's even possible, because at this point there are people, you know, and, and Brody, you will relate to me on this because we're, you know, we were born in the eighties and we can still remember, we can still remember what life was like before social media. And so, but there are people now that are, that are born and that are what, like voting and, you know, drinking age that have no memory of life before social or media or the internet. Cause everyone and has a like, phone these days. Yeah. You know? But right. But, but to me, I'm like, if you are that unbothered by what anyone thinks, then just keep it off of here and live your life and keep it to yourself. But it's almost like some people, and, 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 and it's disturbing, in my opinion, at, at the percentage that it has gotten to, but some people, they have to have that validation. They have to have that approval. It's almost like they wake up in the morning and they post about their life. And if they don't get enough likes, yeah. they don't feel right. For example, you know what? And I'm sitting up here and, and and forgive me if I go off on a tangent, but I'm now sitting up here thinking about these challenges and all this ridiculous stuff that goes viral. Think about the uh, Gorilla Glue girl. Yeah. yeah. You know, she she wasn't even the only one to do that. Someone saw her do that. And that was so disturbingly dumb. But <laughs> then someone else saw the attention she got on social media and they did the same thing. It's like if they don't get enough likes and reposts and retweets and comments and attention, they just don't feel right. That's disturbing to me. Well, and you say what the, you know? they don't feel right. I mean, that's just like when people are videotaping a, a car wreck or 
a helpless animal that's drowning and you can't help but comment and say, well, who's the person holding the phone recording? Why didn't they go and help, you know, the, uh, the drowning dog or why didn't those people, when they saw the car crash, why didn't they run to the scene to go help and put their phone down? You know what I mean? It's gotten to that point to where we question even the behavior of the person behind the camera who's recording, who's posting. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny enough with all this social media, it's become a commodity now for people to literally go and buy likes and go buy friends, buy friends and buy likes because they can't take that they don't have X amount of likes or they don't have X amount of people following them. You can actually pay to have people follow you, but they're not real people. So say you have, let me tell you how I know when uh, there's a fake profile because or that someone had paid for a following when you get, it's not uncommon for a business to do that. But at the same time, if you're going to do it, you're also going to have to be paying out again each time you post, because say you paid to have 3000 followers, you now have 3000 followers, but just because you post something now, that doesn't mean any of those 3000 people are going to like it. Whereas if it were real 3000 people, they obviously followed you for a reason. Therefore, when you post again, I guarantee you at least a thousand of those 3,000 are going to at least hit like at minimum. So, I mean, that's yeah. all. So, I'm just saying that yeah. that's a new thing is people paying for likes, people paying for followers. And I can understand it when you're doing it as a business, but when this is just for the sake of attention, I mean, to me, why do you, it, it kind of goes back to our consumerist, our consumerism episode and also capitalism. When we talk about how people are just walking labels, you know, people feel the need to be validated because they wear a Gucci t-shirt. I can go get the words Gucci and iron it on for you because I can guarantee you that that shirt <laughs> is made by the same cotton that Hanes gets their cotton from. So mm -hmm. it all goes back to this validation, seeking validation. And, it, and it's even a false sense of self. You know, um, people have this false sense of self. I think people are more insecure these days. You know, and, and you had mentioned something, too, about the world of social media filtering their lives. But this filtering life business has gone way back before uh, social media, this goes all the way back to even chat rooms. If you remember the times when we used to have to get on a chat room and dial up, I mean, I remember making up stories because I knew I would never see these people or even meet these people. So I would make up some bullshit. I'm in Tijuana, you know, um, <laughs> driving a Porsche, living my best life, you know, but yet I'm sitting here in apartment uh, 1109 on Pleasant Run Road in DeSoto, Texas, sitting in a two bedroom apartment on a chat room. If only Bow Wow had pulled it, uh, you know, pulled his stuff in the chat. <laughs> Could you imagine? Mm hmm. But you actually, um, let's see, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to collect my thoughts here because you did make me think of something when you were saying that 
you know, people have this tendency to, you were saying that people do it mm-hmm. as a business and see to me. Um, and, and I said this, uh, not that long ago, I said that, uh, this is where, in my opinion, social media falls in on itself. It's because you have people, uh, it, yes, granted, it may be for a business, but it's for the business of promoting themselves as mm-hmm. an influencer, right? So if I can go show this company that I have this many followers, then maybe I can get them to pay me to use their products. And then if you ask me, that also, that feeds directly into uh, our previous episode that people are sheep, right? So think about it. I'm going to pay somebody to just simply claim that I have 10,000 followers or uh, the 10,000 followers that I do have are just bots that were created by some programmer somewhere Mm -hmm. sitting in their basement and they're not real. But then this, this company out here, uh, they see that I have 10,000 followers. Now they pay me to show off their product to 10,000 followers that aren't even Because now you're going to have to go out of pocket but, and pay for those likes. And even those likes mm-hmm. aren't going to be real, so therefore it's not going to even drive business. There are organic, real ones. Uh, it's, you, you really do have to, if it's a business that you're running and you need to get at least some sort of following or traction to get people to desire your site for what you're selling, then there are places out there that give you legit people. It, it's, uh, it, it works a lot like Google AdWords and Facebook ads. Um, I have found when you purchase Facebook followers that they actually are attentive, but when it comes to the Instagrams and Twitters, um, those are more of the false, um, false profiles, you know, the bots the bots of the world. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. But I've always, you know, we, when we first started this uh, podcast, you know, we had kind of touched on this subject a little bit with social media and so forth. And I thought this would be a great episode to talk about, because like I said, I grew up in in entertainment and then when social media took off back in, what was it? 2006, 2008, uh, like really, like really took off. Uh, you know, it was so easy to get sucked right in. And I remember getting sucked in. And, you know, it's funny enough because all the actor friends I made, you know, going back to that, it's like when I decided to do my documentary because, you know, the one guy, John, had basically told me that he was sleeping out of his car in order to be at the set on be on set on time. And he's not getting paid for this project, you know. But I think his family had some money because they have a ranch in Arkansas and I think he's going to inherit it. But nonetheless, you know, I know that he got some girl pregnant and I was like looking through his profile like it was some soap opera. I'm like, oh, he got this girl pregnant. He's going to have to be buying Pampers. He can't be doing no more free projects or $100 projects anymore. But, you know, it's, it's funny because I wanted to do this documentary to really tell the story of how we filter their lives. And can you believe out of the people that I brought in that I was hoping would have my back and disclose their true life story and how they glamorize it on social media and what it really looks like. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. And, and 
And every time I tried to ask them to tell the truth, you know, in a roundabout way, I'd get a roundabout answer. And there was mm-hmm. just no way any time I would just bluntly say, no, I want you to talk about like being, you know, like Peggy, for example. I had to remember what I called her. I can't remember. Uh, Peggy, I think it was. <laughs> you know, she was good at hair. I was like, I want to see you in the salon doing hair so you can get that money to get your plane ticket to go to L.A. to cut another album that you're paying for, by the way. You know what I mean? Like, I want to hear those stories, but nobody would. Nobody would share their stories. All of them. All of them. Because of them everyone, yeah. Because everyone was was too occupied. Because everyone was too occupied with uh, 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 looking like they had yeah, it all exactly. together. But I really, I'm I sorry. think it's Go the. Ahead. Oh, oh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, I literally just, I, I did not mean to cut you off, but I literally just remembered a thought that I had uh, and I wanted to make sure to get it out. Um, do you know anything about um, like uh, dopa- yes. like dopamine yeah. and uh, what I it's watched released? YouTube on that today, actually. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a chemical in your body that gets released when you go to your social media and see that someone has liked or retweeted or, or done whatever with your post, you know, paid you some attention, it actually releases a chemical in your brain that is addictive, that is similar to, or if, if not the exact same uh, chemical that it's gets released when you use yeah, when you use an addictive substance. And so social media is literally addictive, but not just social media itself, but the the likes and the affirmation that you're getting from it is literally addictive. And so when I think about that, to me, that really just kind of blows my mind personally, because again, to reiterate, I'm old enough to remember life before all of this stuff, life before all of these apps. And so to just think that essentially, you know, we as a collective, as humankind or whatever, we have created a drug, which is uh, getting attention through social media. When you go to your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram or whatever, when you see that you've gotten a like or a week, or a retweet, it actually releases a chemical in your brain as if you have just hit an addictive drug. And so then for me, Brody, what that really does is sort of like answer the question is why are there so many folks out there that are so stuck on getting those likes? Well, I can also tell you when it comes to uh, the dope thing that you're referring to, I feel sorry for the for the kids that are teenagers and I would say anywhere 25 and below in age because they don't know what it is to not have a phone. They don't know what it is to not have a Facebook, a Twitter, an Instagram. They don't even know what it is not to know what that is. You know, whereas you and I, I feel we're very fortunate to grow up during a time where 
you know, we had to make our playtime. We had to make time. We had to make time pass away somehow, you know. So rather that be play with our toys, rather that be ride our bikes, rather that be watch TV or, uh, you know, play a good old fashioned Nintendo game, whatever it may be, you know. But 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 I but I can tell you though <laughs> that I got addicted to Facebook for quite a bit, and I want to tell you something because I've had a long journey of life lessons. And I would like to say if anyone's going to freaking listen, you know, like the aliens and I hope Shirley McLean hears this because I, I, I talk a lot about synchronicity and I'm, and I'm making a point with this. So just bear with me uh, to come back to this. Uh, it was um, and, and by the way, I have not posted, um, which by the time this one airs, it will have already been posted. But I am going to get that Shirley McLean video up for you guys to see. Because remember, I promised it to them in the uh, in the moon landing, flat earth, aliens, oh my. But anyway, I'll get that done. But I started self-reflecting on myself and, and things that I did. And I can tell you one of the biggest wake-up calls, because I was still on social media during that time, uh, filtering my life, uh, whenever I had my DWI incident. And that DWI really woke me up. I mean, tremendously. And I got to tell you... I've seen a lot of shit. Maybe we should do an episode on that too, because the system is broken and we're definitely going to have an episode on that. But needless to say, I took a break. I was MIA on social media for well over a year. If you remember, it was probably about almost two years before I got back on after that DWI, almost two years. Okay. So I did feel a weight lifted off of me. I had to do a lot of self-respect reflecting i just i just became a hermit i just wanted to go and hide somewhere until it was all over with and then you know once i got through the dwi i got back on facebook thinking i could handle it but i gotta tell you there there was something about going back on there i had not been on there for so long right when i got back on there everything that i was reading just sounded just or not sounded it, it read just very petty it was very petty to me, you know, I'm like, what's the point of this? You know, there just comes a time when something just clicks, you know, like with age comes wisdom, you know, the, the, the time that I had not being on there and then to go back after so long, I'm looking and I'm like, these are a bunch of depressed people. I can see it for what it is now. These are people seeking validation. These are people unknowingly seeking validation, unknowing unknown unbeknownst to them they don't understand that they can't do without they have to have it so i challenge everybody just turn it off i mean you know when it comes to filtering your lives no one cares i'm to that point in my life i don't care you know and i know eventually i'm going to get back on there because you know the reason I say is because, you know, I do want to be a motivational speaker. I do want to help people to live better lives and not get so mis, uh, misconstrued on what what success actually looks like. You know, because we had an episode about that. What does success look like? What does it look like in the eyes of Americans, right? Well, that's what they're showing you on social media. And everyone's having a hard time sleeping because they can't get shit paid for because they're trying to keep up with their hundred to 200 to 300 thousands of friends. You know, it's, 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 it's petty and it's appalling. 
you know, to just see how these people will just go at it. You know, you have to really ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why? What, what's the point? What's the purpose? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, Brody, I, I just want to say two things very quickly, um, not to go off on a tangent, because we most definitely are going to have a future episode about this. But you said that the system is broken. And I want to say that our system is not broken is working perfectly for the people that it was designed to work for. And we can get into that later. But then I also wanted to say, and I, I promise I won't dwell on this because I know that I've said this to you before, you know, outside of the, um, outside of the podcast, but uh, everything about your D your DWI and everything that you went through and how you handle it. I admire you so much for that. And I just can't say enough about, you know, how you, uh, you know, tackled and, and faced that situation. So I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. You know, I love you. I'm so proud of you. And yeah. And, and I feel so almost like, uh, uh, um, almost like lucky to have been able to, uh, witness someone go through something like that with the 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 strength and the grace that you went through it but we can come back to the system yeah. in a but you know in a later episode here on this but you know Talk. it's funny enough that you said that but to be honest with you you and my mother had both said it too like the way you handled it blah 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 and, and i thank you for that i really do but i just have to tell you the way i see it is it had to get done you know like it had to get done so what was i gonna do not do it you know what i mean so I can't take too much credit for how I handled it. It's just, it, it had to get done, you know, but what I will take though, is that it definitely was an eye opener. It taught me a hell of a lot about myself and kind of going on subject, but going a little off subject, what it taught me the most. And I feel like that this can go for what the message that we're trying to uh, project to our listeners is that when I went through that, let me tell you, whenever I would drink my, uh, cause I, I heard about this later, my cousin who was, uh, my roommate, she told my partner, Curtis, she said, when this is when I was in the slammer after the accident, luckily no one was hurt. So everything was fine. I just had to do 40 hours of community service. I had to go take this drug and alcohol class for three nights, check in every month with a probation officer. I'll tell you the thing that was a real bitch was just the uncertainty, the not knowing your fate, you know? Uh, And like I said, I know I'm, I'm trailing off here, but to make my point is that the thing that it taught me was that every time I would go back to drinking, Jackie would tell me, my cousin, Jackie, would tell me he would always talk about his father. It would always go back to his relationship with his father. That is the problem. And, you know, and then after that whole thing that went down with with Brody's sister, because I do have, you know, I don't I'm not on speaking terms with my sister. And a lot of that has to do with because of the woman that she married. Uh, none of this had to do with me being an alcoholic. You know what I mean? So, um I had tried so hard for my dad's acceptance, like seeking his approval and his validation. 
but the one person that you are responsible for to make you happy is no one other than yourself. Like it's up to you to make yourself happy. So to my point, part of my recovery from all of that was when I reflected on the night that I got arrested, I have handcuffs on and it's uh, probably about between one and two in the morning. I thought to myself, my dad and my stepmom and my sister and her wife, they're all nestled in their beds asleep without a care or thought of me in the world. And yet I allowed my emotions towards them on how they treated me to reflect the ultimate outcome of what happened. I said, I hmm. am not going to be that person. I am taking control of my life. You, are, you don't have to like me. I am not going to put in all my good energy into being negative and holding grudges. And that's what I think this message tonight is about, is about just letting go. Stop caring about what other people yeah. think about you and love yourself first. I'm so sick of this bullshit about people talking about, oh, I need to meet my, my true love, my soulmate, and we need to get married. I need to be married by a certain time. Who cares? Who invented the wheel that said that it was a negative to be alone in life? In all honesty, I think it's a luxury. Who cares if you drive a Ford Focus? You know? Don't dwell on the past on, you know, how you got the Ford Focus and the reason you're not driving a Lincoln Town car. You know, focus on the future. That's what that focus is telling you. Focus on the future. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, is, you know what? Be proud. You know, you don't need to filter your life to be validated. All you need to do is validate yourself. You know, and I do know some people that are so self-involved, but you know what? Maybe that's the right idea. Maybe we all need to be a little more selfish and think about ourselves. But, but I think we need to have a little more community than anything else. And I feel like that's why we don't know our neighbors who live across the way from us or, or down the street or next door to us. Because we're so tied up in social media. We're so tied up in which filters to use. Uh which photos were going to make so-and-so think that I have a six-figure income when I actually only make under 50000 a year, you know? I, who knows? But all this to say, love yourself, respect yourself, be your own best friend. Mm. Brody, if I can just piggyback off of that real quickly, because, I mean... There are two points I feel like you just made that are, are so incredible. So number one, you know, all the likes and loves that you can get on Facebook, they're never going to be enough to make up for you not loving yourself. Exactly. Like you have to love yourself. That is a uh, That is a bucket with a hole in it. If you think that one day you're going to get enough validation from social media to make up for not liking or loving yourself. You have to like or love yourself and on on some level, just not care what anybody else thinks. And then the other thing you said was the reason that we don't know each other anymore. And I'm just talking about, uh, I, I uh, firmly agree. I think that the reason that we don't know each other anymore is because everyone is so busy putting up these walls 
uh, 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 and putting up these filters, right? These are their filters between you. There's a person living right across the street from you and they don't have any idea about the real struggles that are going on in, you know, in your home and in your life because you're so busy posting selfies and only taking pictures and posting and bragging about the, the, the good moments. And no one knows that you're, you know, drowning in debt from medical bills and you don't know what you're going to do. And for all you know, your whole community would come together out of compassion and just a sense of, 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 of selfless, selflessness and kindness. And they would take care of your needs, but they don't know that you've had any needs because we're all competing mm -hmm. with each other on social media and posting these filtered lives. Amen. And the only friend request that you need right now in your life is to friend request yourself. And that is our show, Filtered Lives, SWFL Talk, because I'm sure someone will freaking listen. If you've liked tonight's episode, uh, please subscribe or email us with any kind of feedback or comments at SWFLTalk at Yahoo.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SWFLTalk. I am your host, Brody Mays, and this is co-host, Nisi Green, and we'll see you next time.